Margie's been married almost 28 years, and I've been married about a year and a half. <laughs> <laughs> married, it'd be 28 years, uh, May the 4th of, of, of 96, of this year. And uh, we've got three great kids. Uh, daughter Maureen is expecting a baby any day. Married a fellow by the name of John Tomczyk. And have a daughter, Megan, who will be starting... Uh, nursing school at Trocare, and I have a son, Tom, who is in political science at Canisius College, and he has a great professor. <laughs> there, and, and I would I would endorse that. Uh, Tom did have a great professor back then. Uh, Maureen, how did that baby turn out? Well, he turned out great. So we're all, uh, I'm happy to report we're all still together, and we've had some additions to the family. So Johnny, our oldest, who will be 23 in January, was born during that whole. He was born. He was the January baby. 20th. He was he was born right after I did that interview he was with born your right dad. After, right, he was so born that January was 20th. that was the baby of which he he yeah. spoke. Yeah, and then less than a year later, Grace came along, and then a year after Grace came Joe. Well, I know that you, you know from talking to him there, you know, family was uh, was paramount with him. Yeah. Uh, it had to be something. And let me let me ask you, you you a quick softball question. You know, everybody called him Jimmy Griffin, Jimmy Griffin this, Jimmy Griffin that. But every time I was around him, and he would introduce himself, or he would call me mm-hmm. on the phone, he would he would say, uh, "Kev, this is Jim Griffin." It yeah. was Jim. So is it Jim or Jimmy? It's, Did he like Jimmy? It depends on who was calling him Jimmy. <laughs> um, my aunt Donna always called him Jimmy. And she could get away with and it. And she could get away with it. Um, one of my mom's sisters called him Jimmy, and that was fine. Um, his brother, Tom, always called him Mayor. <laughs> Didn't even use his first name. Uh, my mom called him Jim. He preferred Jim. He preferred Jim. What did Don Postles call him, Don? Your Honor. Okay. Oh, there you go. Okay. Now, now we were talking earlier about uh, someone called in and, and uh, or someone mentioned the six-pack a comment and and you said that you were the guy that he told that to what was what was behind that well it was the blizzard of 85 what a mess and uh, a couple things happened uh, we we're in south buffalo off of uh, seneca street near uh, st Teresa and st thomas and uh the mayor said this is a mess he said uh you know what everyone should just grab a six-pack and stay home until we get these streets cleared out and of course the only part we use of that <laughs> grab a six-pack and uh he was also plowing the church parking lots in south buffalo and the buffalo news said mayor you shouldn't be parking uh shouldn't be plowing part uh, private property and he said look at these streets how do i get a plow down there with all these abandoned cars i gotta put them somewhere and i'm putting them in the church parking lots then the mayor looked at me and winked. He says, I think the Monsignor is going to be happy with me. <laughs> that was the year he was also acting as streets commissioner, correct? And with Stan Butchkowski. Stan Butchkowski. So, so he was a double role in that. He was streets commissioner and he was mayor. M- Maureen, the, I, I mean, obviously anybody who heard Jimmy Griffin, Jimmy Griffin, it was all, he came back to the six-pack thing. Did he appreciate that? He kind of laughed about it. He did used to say that it was probably going to be on his tombstone. <laughs> um and it, it was a it was a great line at the time. People understood that. Stay home, be comfortable, watch a football game, drink a six pack. Um, he also said a lot more very in, more insightful things than that. So um, <laughs> that just seems to have stuck. But that he was okay with that too. What What was it like growing up in that household? I mean, by the time when well, when you were born, was he already run, he was already running for office, right? I mean, he was he, in the he, New York he, State Senate when when, I was born. when when he met your mom. Wait, he, he got so, married relatively late, right? He was 39. Yeah. She was 36. Both had never been married before. Um, 
and he used to tell a story that he kind of had his eye on her for a while, <laughs> but she would never give him any attention because <laughs> she just didn't. He was hanging outside a bar and she would just walk by. But they finally did meet um, and they were married, I think from the time they met till they were married was maybe seven months, eight months. So, um, and he was in the New York State Senate at the time. So he was back and forth to Albany. How old were you during his first mayoral run? 77. I was seven. You have me- memory of that? Very time? little. Very, very little. I, for, uh, for me, for us, so I was seven, Megan was five, and Tommy was three. It seemed totally normal that our father flew to work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> flew on a Monday and flew home on a Friday. We thought all kids' yeah. dads did that. So when he ran for mayor and then he became mayor, he was home. So that was great for us. Now our dad was home all week. Don, Don, were you in town for his first mayoral run? You better believe it. (laughs) And what fun we had. And it was incredible. I'll just give you an example. Somebody in the party and was a great source, and I love this man, told me why Arthur Eve was going to be the next mayor of the city of Buffalo. So I can't just go on with that. I needed a reaction from your dad. And I called him. He goes, Mm -hmm. hey, Donnie, Margie's out with the girls. I'm watching the three kids. I can't come downtown. But... If you want to come over to the house on Dorrance, I'd be more than happy to do the interview in the kitchen. We get there, the three kids, including Maureen, are out in the backyard in this pool. And Jimmy opened up the kitchen window and he says, we got to make sure we can hear. Listen to them laugh. He would say, they're having a ball. You understand why I can't go downtown? I said, I got it, Mayor. And I said, you know, uh, this guy says you're going to lose. And he says, of course I'm going to lose, according to him. He's a political hack for Joe Krangle. And he said, uh, how did he tell you I'm going to lose? And I said, by councilmatic districts. And Jimmy looked at the map and he said, oh, he's giving Ellicott District to Eve. I was the common council member from Ellicott. I'm going to carry Ellicott. And he did. And that was the swing for election night. Mm-hmm. Oh. Hey, um, we have to take a break. But when we come sure. back, obviously, uh, we'll have a, have a series of commercials. Uh, we have to pay for this. Final commercial, however, is, is not going to be one that's uh, paid for anybody anymore. It's going to be Jimmy Griffin's uh, New Hampshire primary wow. commercial. And we'll be talking about that race. Uh, if you're just tuning in, we're talking Jimmy Griffin today. It's been 10 years since, uh, since his passing. Don Postles from News 4 is here. Uh, his, uh, Jimmy Griffin's uh, daughter, Maureen, is also here with us. I'm Kevin Hardwick. You're listening to Hardline on News Radio 930 WBEN. Margie didn't want me to run for the last two terms as mayor. When I started talking about the New Hampshire primary, surprisingly, she gave me the okay. Former Buffalo mayor and Democratic presidential candidate, Jim Griffin. Margie feels like I do, that someone should challenge President Clinton. We feel that the country, and especially the Democratic Party, has to come back to the center and changes have to be made. The country is almost $5 trillion in debt, and that's going to affect our children and grandchildren if nothing's done. There has to be welfare reform, and that has to do with family values. You can't have teenage pregnancy going out of sight. You can't have kids shooting each other. You can't have generation and generation on welfare because it hurts the whole fabric of life, and that affects everybody. So because of all the reasons, she said, go right ahead and do it, and here I am. So let's see where it goes. Jim Griffin, Democrat for president. Paid for by Jim Griffin for president. We're uh, feeling a little bit nostalgic here at uh, Hardline today, uh, remembering Jimmy Griffin. uh, Died uh, 10 years ago this past spring. Uh, That was his uh, ad for the New Hampshire primary. I, I... 
proud to say that I produced that from a series of interviews that I had with him that actually aired in New Hampshire. Um, I want to also thank uh, Eric Michelson of the Canisius College uh, Media Center for helping me put that together, uh, put it from cassette tape to a digital form that we could use for broadcast here. Uh, Don Postles, you followed uh, Jimmy Griffin to New Hampshire. You remember hearing that ad in New Hampshire that actually played in New Hampshire. Not only that, we were he, on he Main lost the campaign. By, he did not. He did not. He did not beat President Clinton. By the way, really just for close, our listeners, though. it was really, really close. Well, close. you know, he did. It was he did close. show. He did show. He did Can show. you imagine he though did. being on a street corner in Manchester, New Hampshire, and Jimmy says, "Hi, I'm Jimmy Griffin. I'm running for president," <laughs> and uh, people would stop and talk to him. And he actually got on a couple of radio shows. Mm-hmm. And basically, as a conservative that he was, he mm-hmm. said the same issues that he said he in that ad. Yeah. He, he believed in that. He did. Maureen, he was not a big fan of President Clinton? Um, he had some issues with President Clinton. <laughs> let's let, let, let's issues, leave it at that. Let's, but, let's, you let's know, move I on. think anything that a president could do for a city like Buffalo, my dad was more than willing to talk but, to. But I, I remember, Don, you, you went and, and, you know, you did a, did, a, did a piece. You actually went to New Hampshire, and his friend Ron Anthony was there, right? He, oh, yeah, Ron Anthony. Yeah, there, good, yeah, good, close friend. I, they drove I, together. Yeah. You know, you know, before or during the break, Maureen, you said you wanted to talk a little bit about, and, and I think Don did too, about uh, the mayor's, uh, Mayor Griffin and economic development in the city. I mean, I know of uh, Pilot Field and there were many other things. I mean, when he took over as mayor, there was that, that billboard about the last person mm-hmm. turned the light out. Uh, That's can, true. Can, mm-hmm. All these many years later, you, you, you were here, obviously, when your dad was mayor. And you see it now. Um, are you proud of his legacy? Oh, I think it's great. You know, he, I think for him, he started the ball rolling on so many projects that are just really blossoming now, which is great. You know, the waterfront, we wouldn't have Canal Side right now if it weren't for what he started years back with a lot of help, with a lot of private help and a lot of governmental help. Uh, Pilot Field, now Salem Field, right? Which it, is great. Um, the Buffalo Medical Campus which was, I think he called it the main high medical campus. I think that's what it was called back then. Um, You know, I look over the letters and some of the correspondence that came in after he died, and there were people from all over the country um, writing, but there were also local people who the president at the time of Roswell Mm -hmm. Cancer Institute talked about what he did to help them expand and things that I don't remember, you know, but... Talking to uh, Maureen Tomzak, Jim Griffin's uh, daughter, uh, also Don Postel's in the studio. Y- you know, Maureen, uh, your your brother Tommy was a student of mine. After your dad died 10 years ago, we did a show a few weeks later, and we had Tommy in the studio. And Tommy told this marvelous story about the wake mm-hmm. and uh, the number of people that came. And he, he talked about this one woman, and I can't remember the particulars, but she was, she was there because the mayor helped her at some point in life. And, and you know, she was down on her luck, and, and, and she, she was just so devastated that he died. And he said by the end of it, he was consoling her. Tommy, Absolutely. the son, was consoling this yep. woman who just, just knew the mayor. I don't. It was I, the same way for all of us. I mean, it was exhausting. There were thousands of people. You know, it was just constantly mm-hmm. thanking people for coming. But when you walk into a wake, any situation, you've lost someone, you're not really looking for it. It's, it's a bad situation yeah. to be in, right? It's very sad. And we realized very quickly that these people had stories they needed to tell us about our dad. There was one police officer, a female police officer, who came in sobbing full uniform and her dad had been her dad died or was killed on her 12th birthday 
And so my dad called and talked to the the widow, and um, the woman was concerned she wouldn't be able to to have money to send her kids to school. So she said, your dad got a, a fundraiser together, had people just come to a hall, give some money, tuition was covered, and she said she was just forever grateful. And to see this woman in full police officer uniform just sobbing and my mother was just hugging her it was just that, that's what really that's moving. what tommy said you know it was it was, it, it was you were comforting you know people come to comfort the family and right. and the family was comforting the the, and the, I the had to people step coming back to see the family at one point because my kids all played baseball they were all little league mm-hmm. plays and on a saturday my dad very often would choose to go watch other kids play baseball and i would <laughs> be really mad and i would say dad these are your grandchildren and he'd say you know what honey these kids have they have a great situation. You're there. Your husband's there. They have, you know, family friends that are there. I'm going to go watch these other kids play. Oh, wow. Don, Don, so much, so much, so much of the mystique of Jimmy Griffin was was not so much his ideology or pushing this or that. Well, that, let me that give was a big you a part, great, great but, it was, but it was personal relations. Well, yeah. listen to this. I get a call one day in the newsroom. SWAT team's being called to this mm. house. Yes. It's surrounded. <clears throat> I get there and I go, oh, what do we got? Guy holding his uh, kid, baby, an infant, hostage. And uh, I went and got coffee for about 40 of the cops in the SWAT team because we're going to be there all day. It's a hurry up and wait. At noon, Jimmy Griffin pulls up. Donnie, that's what we call him. What do we got here? I said, you got a guy holding his infant baby hostage. And your dad walks into the house, Danny Torriello, the head of the SWAT team. Oh, great. Headlines. Mayor of Buffalo shot and killed by SWAT team <laughs> sitting there outside. And five minutes later, Jimmy Griffin comes walking out with the baby and the man. And says, this guy just needs a job. Anybody out there's got an opening. This guy's down on his luck. we got to get him employed. And I was like, whoa. Well, that's, didn't he say something about any any guy that says, I'm going to go, wait a minute, i got to go change my baby's that, diaper? Yeah, that was, was it. not going to hurt that, your yeah, child. Yeah, that, yeah. that was it. And yeah. I, I actually, I actually yeah. have him on tape, the same tape that I, uh, saying that, but I couldn't, couldn't find it in, in now, time for this. Now, a side story to that, which no one really probably knows, is how mad my mom was. <laughs> 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 she was not really happy with that. But, you know, which you... I, you could I, understand it why. It all worked out well, I, yeah. but when I, she heard what was going on, she was not really... I got to believe over the years there were a lot of things your mom wasn't happy about. <laughs> she was looking back on so much of the way that she raised us and the way that she handled being the first lady for 16 years, there wasn't a more graceful woman. Yeah. that's Really. And she she put us first, which was great, but she decided what she attended and what she didn't attend. So there was a lot of things she didn't go to that he went to on his own, which was great. If it was really important to him, she would go. But she said, you know, Jimmy, they have homework, and this one's got this. This We were young. We were little. We were all in grammar school. So... Was it was it, it was, tough growing up being the kid of a mayor? I mean, were, were, did you get picked on, or did? <laughs> I don't know about Megan and Tommy. Um, you know, I one story after he was just elected, I somehow had it in my mind that he was kind of the king. Yeah, and so I could have kids removed from the city <laughs> if they didn't want to do, if they didn't want to play the game that I wanted to play on the street or whatever. So that was I was quickly set straight about that. Who, who set um, you straight on that? My mother. After oh. another girl's mother called her and said, your daughter's threatening to kick our family out of the city. Um, so I didn't really understand the whole the whole situation. But no, we, I, as far as I remember, we used to write on applications that he worked for the city. <laughs> you know, we didn't write well, that, that he was, was the mayor. True. Work, he worked for the city of Buffalo. Uh, so we didn't really, it was just a normal, it was really a normal job for us. 
I, you know, as far that's my recollection. Um, and we got to do some really great things for sure. We got to meet, you know, Rosalind Carter and Jimmy Carter and um, Barbara Bush came in for the Barbara light Bush. Rail. And there were so many people, Governor Kerry and his wife at the time. And I think I got to present roses to her or something at the airport. I just, you know, really kind of we went to Governor Kerry's mansion when my dad was first elected. And we were sliding down the stairs with his grandchildren, and Tommy was pounding on the piano, and my mother was trying to grab him. <laughs> it was, <laughs> it was fun. We had it, we had a lot of fun. How about we Ronald did. Reagan when he came to town? Santa Ana Towers. We we will we will have to talk about that after the break because we have a break coming up. Listen, uh, Maureen Tomzak, uh, Jim Griffin's daughter, is here. Don Postles from Channel Four is here. Uh, lots of stories about uh, about Jim Griffin. He died about 10 years ago. 10 years ago, was it May or April? May. May. May 10 years ago, May. <laughs> um, and we're just now getting around to remembering him. But there's, there's a lot to remember. If you have thoughts you'd like to share with us, feel free to give us a call, 803-0930, 803-0930. I'm Kevin Hardwick. You're listening to Hardline on News Radio 930 WBEN. And welcome back to Hardline. Kevin Hardwick here, Don Postles from News 4, joining me live in studio along with Maureen Tomzak. Maureen, the daughter of uh, the former mayor of Buffalo, Jim Griffin. Uh, it's been 10 years since uh, he's passed. We're remembering him today, and I'm calling up now uh, one of my first students uh, at uh, Canisius College. Uh, he was in a master's program when I started in 1989. Sam Arachi, uh, who is the former uh, deputy mayor of Buffalo, among other things, during the Griffin administration. Sam, welcome to the program. <laughs> Morning, Kevin, Ma- uh, Maureen, and uh, and Don. Hi, Hi Sam. Sam. So, so obviously, we're going to be talking about uh, your former boss. Uh, was was uh, you know? I I don't know. I I never worked for him. Was he an easy guy to work for? He was a great guy to work for. Um, as long as you didn't surprise him with anything, uh, he was a very supportive. Uh, uh, he almost and, and and Sam, when you did surprise him. No, well, he didn't like surprises like anybody doesn't. Um, but the mayor was um, very supportive, and we all loved working for him. We were all, you know, his not only his friends, but we respected him. But, you know, Kevin, there, there wouldn't have been a mayor Griffin without a mayor Griffin. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. And, uh, Don, you were talking about um, the billboard behind City Hall that the Bethlehem Steel Company put up. Right. Turn off the lights, and and all of the great things that the mayor did are, are pretty well known. But I think the thing that really was a lasting legacy, which lives on today, even in addition to those things, he restored Buffalo's self confidence. Mm-hmm. When that billboard went up, that's how the city felt about itself. Turn out the lights, the party's over. Essentially, well, the mayor, through sheer determination and love of Buffalo and the people of Buffalo, he just wouldn't take no for an answer. And when all of those projects got built, people started feeling different about their community and their city. Yep. And it was Jim Griffin. You, you, you know, Sam, I wasn't, uh, I, I didn't come to Buffalo, as you know, until 1989 when I got the job with Canisius College and, and Jim Griffin was already mayor by then and had done a lot of this stuff. But I do, I do know something about people who do things. Uh, I, I know that uh, Franklin Roosevelt, given a lot of credit for dr- drawing America out of the Great Depression, 
you know, in, in a class I took once, I remember a professor saying, you know, a, a lot of the things he did didn't work, but it didn't stop him. He, he just kept trying and, okay, if this doesn't work, we'll try something else. Was there was there an element of that in the Griffin administration? I mean, did did there had to be some things that didn't work, but it didn't stop you? No, I, I, the mayor had a goal. You know, he wanted to restore Buffalo and, and just take care of the basics. But look, here's one example. When the mayor came into office, the city was $19 million in debt. Now, if you translate that into 2018 dollars, it's about $79 million. The mayor restored, uh, balanced the budget, retired the debt. No tax increase. No, right. Um so he did all of that because he was a great manager. When we would go through the budgets, mm. he knew exactly what everybody was proposing. He questioned them. Um, so he was a great manager, um, in addition to, a, you know, a great believer in Buffalo. He just wouldn't take no for an answer. And the tip off of that, I think, with the mayor's character, when he lost the primary to R.D. in a heavily Democratic city, the mayor called a few of us together. He says, we're going to keep going on this conservative line. Nobody gave him a chance. Right. He won by 10% on the conservative line, 42 to 32%. Jack Phelan was a, a hmm. third, and that was just the mayor. Unbelievable determination and, and stick-to-itness. And, Sam, they, as they say, the rest is history. Sam, thank you for uh, joining us this morning and sharing your thoughts. Thanks for the opportunity. You're, you're welcome. That's Thanks, Sam Arachi, Sam. former deputy mayor of the city of Buffalo under Jim Griffin. Now, uh, before the – yep, Don Postles wants well, to – You know, Kev, you got to remember something. Uh, Buffalo was dead when he became the mayor. There was never a building crane before Jimmy Griffin. A long time, I should say. Mm-hmm. Not say never, but yes. there was no building cranes in downtown Buffalo. What he did was – he joined hands with the developers, mm-hmm. the Simonellis, the Montantes, and the banking community, as well as the Chamber of Commerce, before it was called the Partnership. And they started doing Main Street development, which included Pilot Field, which also included the Hyatt. Mm-hmm. Okay? So on Christmas time, they're dedicating the Hyatt Regency. They brought in Andy Williams. It was unbelievable. Unbelievable concert. And uh, Paul Snyder Sr. says, I'd like to welcome the great mayor of the city of Buffalo, Jimmy Griffin. Jimmy gets up there and he presents the key of the city to Andy Williams. And then he says, Merry Christmas to everyone in the audience. He says, it's too bad they can't celebrate Christmas at the Buffalo News because they don't have three wise men. (laughs) Sorry. Everyone roared. (laughs) He used to call it the Buffalo News. You know that. Yeah, I, I knew that. So, Maureen, did you get to meet Andy Williams? I did. I didn't. You, I don't recall. You, you, you know, she part, was very, very the, young. The best part, the best part of this show for me is what happens during the break, and and I'm going to pin you down. <laughs> and you started to tell a couple stories. And I said, hold off. Something about Willard Scott in your driveway. Oh, there's a, so there. So that was a great one. Um, so Willard Scott, there was something that was said on the Today Show. Willard Scott kind of gave a shot to Buffalo and Buffalo's weather and the amount of snow that we get. And at the time, we had no snow. So my dad said, you know, as usual, he called out Johnny Carson when Johnny Carson, you know, he would, he wasn't shy about telling people, you got it wrong about Buffalo. When they make a joke about when Buffalo. When they make a joke, he'd always invite them to come. And, uh, and at this particular time, he called Willard Scott and said, you got it wrong. We don't, we don't have any snow. So Willard Scott said, the next snowfall, I will come to your house and shovel your driveway. 
My dad said, great. So he called, my dad called Rochester, the mayor of Rochester or Syracuse, I don't know, and said, I need you to ship some snow into my driveway. <laughs> and then they dumped the snow. I came walking home from school. It was just about dusk. And I'm walking through, and I was kind of used to seeing the media at our house. That was not a terribly uncommon thing. But this was a lot of media. And I walk into the driveway. I'm like, Dad, what is going on? And it was the Today Show and Willard Scott, and he's shoveling the driveway, and he's interviewing my dad. And then he came, Willard Scott came in the house, and the story was that my mom had made dinner, which she, she didn't <laughs> that night. Uh, but he came in anyway and chatted with the family for a bit, and that was uh, – Okay, but before before break, uh, one more story. You alluded to the fact that you set City Hall on fire. <laughs> it was a small fire. Okay. Um, well, still. It was probably the Common Council chamber. <laughs> no, no, no. So my dad, if you knew my dad, was a tea drinker. Drank tea, didn't drink coffee. Um, didn't really have lunch, so he would have tea and a cookie was his lunch a lot of times. So we happened to be there that day, which we were at City Hall a lot when we were little. And he asked me to go make him a cup of tea, which is what I've done at home. I was eight, maybe, at the time. So I went into the mayor's kitchen, which we knew very well, and there was a kettle. Well, I assumed it was a regular kettle like we have at home, but it, it wasn't. And it was an electric kettle that was plastic. So I put it on the burner. I put it on the burner. And then I left, thinking I'd hear it whistle, but I, sm- <laughs> <laughs> I smelled smoke. And I ran in, and the flames were coming out, so I called someone. He was in a meeting in his office. I ran into his office crying. I started a fire. So he <laughs> said, excuse me, and went in and fixed it. And then I think it was that whole night, I didn't sleep. I was waiting for a phone call to say, Mayor, City Hall's burning down, that I, I was convinced it was going to reignite. It was... Uh, yeah, it didn't burn down. It was all very small and contained. But <laughs> so that's that's a story of how how the mayor saved the city of Buffalo yes, from, from his daughter. From yes, from his daughter. Very who, very good. Yeah. If you're just tuning in, that is Mayor Griffin's daughter, Maureen Tomzak. Uh, also along with me for the uh, the morning is uh, Don Postles of News for Buffalo. Uh, we're going to take a break. When we come back, uh, I'd love to hear from you. If you have a favorite memory of Jimmy Griffin, we have 15 minutes left in this program. 8030930 is the number to call. 8030930. I'm Kevin Hardwick. You're listening to Hardline on News Radio 930 WBEN. And welcome back to Hardline. Kevin Hardwick here. We're feeling nostalgic today. Buffalo, South Buffalo nostalgic. We've got uh, in studio Maureen Tomzak. Maureen is Jim Griffin's daughter. Uh, Also Don Postles uh, from uh, Channel 4. Uh, We're remembering the former mayor of Buffalo today, uh, 10 years after his passing. Uh, he passed. Uh, uh, well, anyway, uh, we're we're going to try to run through, get as many of your calls in as we can uh, with your memories. Let's go first to Ray in Strikersville. Ray, welcome to the program. Yes, thank you very much, Kevin. You're welcome, Ray. I believe it was you that alluded to the snow in the church parking lot. No, that was Don Postles. Okay, well, I worked with Don at one time. <laughs> Probably remembers me. Um, I, I was sent down to uh, sandbag the mayor on the question of the city working on that particular parking lot. And I told him as much. I said, Mayor, they've sent me down here. And I said, I know why you did it, but I'm told I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to sandbag you with this. No, no problem. So he told me, just go ahead and ask the question. So I got the camera in one hand, the mic in the other, and I asked him the question. He said, well, Ray, the church didn't mind that we put all this snow in their parking lot. 
they didn't even mind that we destroyed their parking lot with heavy equipment. So I figured the least we could do was restore their parking lot. Mm-hmm. So that's how that happened. I, I know who Ray is. I We did a lot of stories together. <laughs> Ray, the Ray thank you for sharing that Thanks, memory. Uh, we uh, we go next to someone who claims to be a former student of mine. Uh, Tom is his name. Tom, are you there? Hey, Kev, how are you? Good. Tom Griffin, uh, son of uh, Jimmy Griffin. Uh, can can you validate that voice? Is it him? I haven't heard Sounds his like voice. Tommy. Sounds like Tommy. Sounds Tommy, like Tommy. Uh, welcome. Do you uh, do you have a favorite uh, story you wanted to share with us, or, mm-hmm. or memories in general? I do. About six or seven years ago, my wife and I became <clears throat> season ticket holders at Shea's Buffalo, mm-hmm. and. Um, uh, you know, I, I started doing some reading up on, on, on you know, my father, the you know early days of the administration, and you know, I, I, I think sometimes people take a take a pot shot at him about you know not being artistic and all this, but people don't understand how much my father really loved the theater. Mm-hmm. We were just talking about that, Tommy. He, uh, yeah, the King and I. You were mm-hmm. mentioning during Yule Brenner during yes. the during the break. Yeah, yeah. So that 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 story when when um, we went to that show. I, I probably couldn't tell you 10, 10 things what happened during the show, but after <laughs> the hotel for the cast party, and I couldn't have been more than six or seven years old, I played Star Wars with the young Asian cast members. We <laughs> ran around the hotel like we owned it. It is probably one of the fondest memories I have. And every time we go to Shays for a show, I, I remember that distinctly, mm-hmm. um, just how much, how much fun it was. And, 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 and just how inclusive my father was of us with, with his work. Tommy, you probably heard me talking with your sister uh, about half an hour ago about the about the wake and the number of people that came there and the story you told me about the the woman who who was uh, who was sobbing and and you actually said we were consoling her by the end of the thing. She came to the wake to console us and it, we it, it, we turned the tables. Right. It, it, it's to this day. I, I'm. 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 I'm never. You know. I. I, I take it aback when I, I'll be talking to someone who's. You know. And they ask who I am. I say, oh, you know, Tommy Griffin. They ask, oh, any relation to Mary? I go, well, Jimmy was my dad. And they'll be like, Jesus. <laughs> your your dad gave me a job right. twenty years ago when I was a kid. You know, he put me on a summer youth, and now I'm retiring from the city of Buffalo. Put my kids through college. You know, um, stories like that of, 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 of spouses passing away and my father mm-hmm. the wake and saying, hey, if you need anything, give me a call. Call, they come down to City Hall. He tells Scanlon, hey, we, we got somebody, they need a job, put them on in, in, in parks, put them on somewhere. Mm-hmm. And that became their career. And basically, you know, save the family. My father didn't, didn't, didn't ask for anything, never asked for anything in return, things like that. that loyalty, to him, loyalty to him was... You, you treat people the way they treat you. You do good. You don't ask for anything in return. Um, and you, you just, you're just you good to people. And, and that's just how it is. And, yeah, you know, the other thing I remember about that too, Tommy, was in all the times that we were able to listen to Dad on the phone. You know, we had two phones, one in the kitchen and one in the family room. So there, right. it was all open conversations. And he would call someone who had just lost a spouse or just lost a kid or something. And he didn't assume that he knew what that family member needed. He would... Give his, you know, he would tell them how sorry he was, share a story maybe, and then ask them, what, what is there that we can do? What can I do to help you? And they very often had something very specific that they needed. And he would find a way to do that, whether it was Tom- call somebody who owned a company, you mm-hmm. know, put them to Tom- work in the city. Tommy, Tommy, uh, your dad was a great man. I know he was awfully proud of you and, uh, and, uh, 
thank you. Thank you for calling in and sharing your memories this morning. Thanks, Tom. Thanks. For- okay. Thanks, Tom. That was Tom Griffin, uh, uh, Mayor Griffin's uh, son. What he Don- doesn't remember is the day that Margie took uh, all three kids to Shays for a Christmas carol. And we happened to, my wife Ann and I were sitting right behind you guys. You were all so young. <laughs> she doesn't yeah, remember, remember the Christmas this. carol at the Chase. It was great. <laughs> South, uh, South Buffalo Day on, uh, on Hardline would not be complete with another former student of mine calling in. This is the current county clerk, Mickey Kearns. Mickey, welcome to the program. Good morning, Kevin. Good morning, Griffin. Hey, have you done the, uh, have you done the reading yet? For my class, you, you you know. I've done the reading, and I'm, I'm done, but I just want to say, I know you have short time. Yes. Uh, Jimmy Griffin was an inspiration, my hero, the greatest street politician ever. And the one thing he did for people, he really was a good Christian man, is he encouraged people to get into office, to run for office, mm-hmm. to be independent. So I loved him so much, and uh, I just want to, you know, I texted you, you told me to yes. call, but he's a great, great man. Yes, you did, and I, I thought it would be good. I mean, you are, you know, I mean, you're following in some some way in his footsteps, uh, right? You, Other, there's only one Jimmy Griffin, I said that. Yeah. No one, I can't even touch his sandals. Uh, he was such a great politician, and, you know, he really cared about the people, and, and without him, uh, I probably wouldn't be doing some of the things I was doing today. He encouraged people to run for office. And I'll tell you one more thing. He listened to young people. He never gets the credit. As Tommy was talking about giving people jobs, helping them get their college degrees. He was uh, someone who really cared about people. And we're missing that in politics today. There's so many politicians. They're self-absorbed. They only care about themselves. And Jimmy Griffin put people ahead of, uh, ahead of himself sometimes. And uh, he just was a great person. Mickey, thank you for Thanks, calling Mickey. in today. Thank you for sharing. That was Mickey Kearns, uh, current Erie County clerk. You know, it's interesting. I think it was Joe Biden, I think, said a couple of weeks ago that all politics is personal. I think Joe was quoted as saying that. Maybe someone said it mm-hmm. before him. My dad lived that. He really did. He had so many relationships that he built over the years from Albany and before and um, that he just, uh, people learned to trust him and they knew that what he said was what he mm-hmm. meant. And if he asked for something, he was going to deliver on something. And he, um, I think that's why they had such great cooperation in the in the administration from both okay, private back, and public. Back to the phones we go, not to South Buffalo, but to my neck of the woods, to Tonawanda. And we bring in Rick. Rick, welcome to the program. Thank you for holding. Yeah, how you doing? Good. Uh, we installed the carpet in the uh, mayor's house back in the early 80s. Maureen, you might remember. Kelly Green. Kelly Green carpeting, or uh, Kelly Green? <laughs> yeah, I kind of do. Yeah, yeah. At that time, I had just graduated from high school, and that's back in when we had sheriff's cards. Yeah. Well, I never had one, but not <laughs> one of my own, anyway. But yeah. But, but your dad actually came home with a case of beer, and he proved me. <laughs> he proved you. <laughs> really. Yeah. <laughs> That was the first. <laughs> that, yeah, that, okay. That might surprise a lot of people. Carpeting. Rick, Rick, thank you, thank you for calling in and, and sharing. You know, you know, Rick, uh, Rick, Rick jogs my memory. You know, I I was at your house uh, a time or two there on Dorrance, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, sure. the other side of the street is Lackawanna. It is, right? yeah. yeah. Um, and just down the and, street. And you know, you think of the house that a mayor lives in, and it was, <laughs> you know, it was a nice house, but mm-hmm. it wasn't uh, modest. It wasn't a palace. Yeah, no, modest. No, it was very modest. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and people would be surprised that the right. mayor. Our phone number was always in the phone book. 
That's right. Oh, he would talk about getting phone calls oh. in the middle of the night. Yes, oh, yes. We learned how to take really, really complete messages from the time we were about six or seven that we could actually, you know, n navigate how to write a name and a phone number. People called all times of day and night, especially during snowstorms. So I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure. And, and, and sometimes from bars. From I anywhere. Heard. He told me. Yeah, they, From anywhere they yeah, would call. Yeah. They would. They would decide they would call up the mayor. Yeah. Uh, time for another phone call. Let's go to uh, to Bob. Bob, welcome to the program. Good morning. How are you? We're fine, thank you. We've only got a couple minutes, though. Well, I, I went to four father daughter dances uh, with my Maureen and. Oh, Mr. Bennett. <laughs> the story I want to tell at the uh, a banquet of National Conference of Christians and Jews. The mayor was on the dais, and there was the, the Roman Catholic bishop, the Episcopal bishop, and the rabbi. And the mayor always brought greetings to the assembly, about 500 people. And he leaned over after he said a welcome to everybody, and he said, Say, bishop. And the bishop sat up and said, Yes. He said, Did the Corinthians ever write back? <laughs> fun he did have fun he had a lot of fun being mayor that is that is a good line i wonder if that was an original someone you know that that's great bob you had a you had a good relationship with the mayor very much so i was a volunteer for him for employment and training for at least 10 years it was a great guy his word was his bond period mm -hmm. yeah i just saw maureen the other day about thanksgiving time oh great she's it's nice to see her those you got three and good lord yep. I'm not, not old, am I? I must be. Oh, my. Well, listen, uh, Bob, thank you for calling in. Appreciate sharing those memories with us.